Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fantastic Comedians Paradise. It's a podcast where I speak to scintillating, amazing, beautiful, sexy, gorgeous, beautiful people from around the world. Sensuous people. That all inspire us. And that are very unique characters. And they're creators and entertainment world. Now today's guest is someone you know very well. Yes, it's me again. How are we all doing, my fellow comedians, people who love comedy? Are we all good? Now, yes, I haven't got a guest this week. It's me again. So we get to have another chat. One thing I would love for you guys to do is send me an email, drop me a message, and let's have a chat in this particular episode. Today, what am I going to talk about? Yes, let's talk about working in a job and being a comedian. And I think that that's one of the good points definitely made by Kevin J on the podcast. And yeah, I, I think this is something that is definitely, from my experience, I think definitely a good thing. I mean, Finding that all knows the comedy payment in comedy is still pretty poor with cost of living crisis and also with <laughs> I've heard of comedy that the payments haven't gone up since the 90s I don't know I was just born down there but I don't know about that yeah it's it's not Unless you're really top tier of comedy, the pay is pretty, pretty iffy at times, isn't it? And I think I definitely agree with that statement. I definitely agree with that statement. 100%. To do this bloody thing, you need lots of money. <laughs> it's bloody expensive. Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely agree with it. Even bloody, um, I think some of you may know of this, but Uncle Roger, Nigel, Nigel Wern is his real name. Used to gig him, know him a bit. <laughs> I remember when he'd become sort of a pro comic. He was doing the comedy store in the UK, doing all these top clubs. And I had a chat with him. He said to me, I just come back from work. And I was like, what? I thought you were a pro comic. Like, no. And he says, nah, man. And he talks like this, yeah, fam. I, d I didn't come to London to be poor. And it, it gets me sometimes when you see... <laughs> yeah, some of the rates. I mean, <laughs> yes, I think definitely that is a point, getting a job. But me, at the moment, I am working in a job. And I work, drum roll... I work as a receptionist in a soft play area. I think that's that's what I do. <laughs> it's it's all right. Definitely better than the other jobs I've done. Where I would it's all right. It's fun chatting to people, getting to know people. 
some of the customers are lovely. The only ones that I don't like are the dodgy ones that try and get in for free and all these funny little things they do. And all these... I had... A couple of weeks ago, I bloody someone used a race card. Which is a bit... I don't know. I'm a minority myself. And when I looked at that, I just thought... What, you're going to use the race card, what, to save an extra £5? That's soft play. You're like going to diminish the whole point of the thing. To doing something like that. That's, that's, it was crazy. And I was, what I was trying to, the rules of the soft play are, because this much to come in, this and that. And you're not supposed to eat food in the soft play. I told them about that. And when the friends come in, well, I didn't bloody see it. You think, oh, you, you let them in. No. What good would that do? It's quite, it's a very busy bloody soft play. There's so much going on. And then that's when they put that. To just get a five pound off. Yeah, just, just to get a free ticket to get in the soft play set there. It's like, bloody hell. Madness. Madness. It's... It's interesting. I worked in web development, I worked in coffee shops. It's... It's... Yeah, it's all things that my mum doesn't want me to tell other people. Uh, it's going alright so far, but I mean... Yeah. With a nine to five job, the difficulties with it are bloody promoting your gig, doing the work needed to do, like flyering, working social media, you know, promoting your own stuff as well. All that. You've got a gig as well, and all of that. I always feel like with a morning job, it enables you to do it easier because you get to finish that and you get on with the other things throughout the day. Okay, maybe you not, might not get much sleep. You work at very unsociable hours, but I feel... Yeah, it's worth doing it if you want to do something that you like doing. You want to do it well. I've taken the chance of doing a 9 to 5 with a soft play centre. And at the moment, juicing the hours a bit to try and get some more work done. But still, it feels a bit off. I feel, as a comedian, as a comedy book... For me, I think it works better to, I have to work at hours that are, that are suitable for others rather than myself. That's part and parcel of the job. It's a very boring job. You say hello, you check people in. That's it, really. You just try and charm people. I mean, I feel, feel a bit, sometimes it's a bit like being a bouncer, but... I ain't no bouncer. If you've looked at me, you look at the sound, I ain't no bouncer. But yeah, definitely it's better having a job and doing comedy than being someone desperate who's going to try and fight desperately for, like, try and squeeze money out of open mic nights. Ugh. Or bloody be in a position where you have to travel to 
Luton and you're in southwest London for twenty pound. It's Yeah. And, and yeah, I think also because comedy's not not uh, not regulated as much. There's no there's the live comedy association, but so many things are outside. It's not so many other industries where they are very regulated and there's lots of things in place in comedy. It's there's none of that. Really. It's it's they're working doing it, but it's it's not that strict. So many cases I hear pro comics, big names. Not getting paid by promoters and promoters make it so hard for them to get paid. So yeah, I think definitely you need a job because you you don't know what's going to happen with comedy. There's so many dodgy things. <laughs> yeah, being a comedy promoter. Oof. I emceed uh, my own gig on Wednesday. That was a interesting one. I did a. Uh, Anyone in the podcast that doesn't know, I did a doesn't know this comic, but like Ben Vanderveld, Vanderveld is a bloody brilliant compare, amazing compare. What he does, he's terrific, and he does an absolutely terrific course on like improv for MC. It was great. So I did one of those workshops a couple of weeks ago. I tried a bit of what he did, <laughs> one of the shows when I was MC a couple of weeks ago, and as I was trying it, it, I mean I'd. I'd interact and I'd so for you to get the context of what the course is maybe I shouldn't say too much but part of the podcast I'll say as much as I I'll say a lot on what it's about what he does he says main things that I'm seeing love bombing you got a yeah giving compliments Love bombing and playing the assumptions and would it be? So you say hello to someone and you go, hello there, what's your name, sir? I don't know if they're dressed in a woolly hat. Say, oh my God, where did you get a woolly hat from? Has Santa lost a hat? Would it be maybe one of the workers, you're off. Maybe you're not a worker. Maybe you're one of the factory makers, and maybe maybe you're one of the maybe you you went to Lapland as a tourist and decided to get that woolly hat. That, that that's that's what happened, isn't it? And then you you're part of some scheme. So, that's not very funny, but that's more of what you're saying. You compliment them, say you're beautiful, and then you go into assumptions and what it be. So I tried that a couple of weeks ago. And it was it was awkward. I went too long, and I couldn't get to a funny bit. You know, I've, so many times when we write jokes, you need you need to get a punchline. Don't meander on. Make it funny. And that's what I'd be doing. And I did that, and I worked way too long. And it was very difficult at the start. <laughs> Cure Ball is a very good act. He did okay, but. I did create such an awkward atmosphere. It was tense right at the start. So it was obviously a big losing battle. And the gig was probably the worst one I've had in Wimbledon. <laughs> but it's one of those things. We all have good gigs. We all have some bad gigs. But 
I took on from that that I need to be sharper and I need to get myself in the right frame of mind for it. So what I did was there's a great um, comedy writer, Grainne Maguire. She writes a lot of comedians. She gave a good writing course. And in terms of me writing jokes and being that sort of comic gag merchant and any of that, not really me. I'd say I'm, I'm an anti-comedian and a clown, really. That's my sort of stand-up. But what I did gain from that is I liked the exercise she she uh, comes up with in terms of getting your brain sharp and ready for writing. So two of the games that she puts are... What's it called? Uh, you write a word in a dictionary. Like... About four or five words from dictionary, like diatribe, um, comedian's paradise. And you write down ten meanings for those different words that you're sharp. And she also mentions a good exercise on, like, your mama jokes. So you start writing um, ten different uses with a small and big pen, toy, both light here, and you write them down to get your brain sharp. And then she says on top of the your mama jokes exercise, do uh, one where you write ten insults for random things. And that's what I did. I did that. And also what I forgot to mention, Ben Vanderbilt says in the exercise, I think a lot of comics do this, is you go in a room and you start putting names of objects in the room, like chair, toy, still. And then you try and remember what the object before that was. So if I said the object was called toy, and I spotted, shouted out, oh, pencil case beforehand, I'll call the toy pencil case. And if, if there was an object like a glass case before the toy, I called that I called that the toy a pencil case. And then he said also with the other exercise, um, say what an object isn't. So right now I'm wearing glasses, I call them a pig. Right now I've got a moustache. I say, I have a beard. I say beard. And that's what I did this week to get sharper. And I did that before when I was in the room, setting up the room, just to get myself in a sharp, quick mind to get ready for MC. I was a bit dozy, so I need that. And yeah, it was quite sharp. It was good. I got everything all prepped up, sound, lighting. And yeah, I did a pretty good job of following Danny McGinley's exercise of doing three cheers to find out who's, who's worth talking to in the crowd. So you say, is anyone from out of town? Give us a cheer. Give us a cheer if you've seen live comedy before. Give us a cheer if you've been at this venue before. And those who cheer are the ones you want to talk to. So I did that, did the clumping exercise. And because I was sharp, I was able to gauge with them, banter with them. Found some very funny bits. And I left, it was quite sharp. And it, yeah, the show went quite well. The only thing that I did, I think so many comics do it when the MCs, you go on too long in the second half. I had them. And definitely, I think the second half is the bit where they're more relaxed. 
did that and I went too far with that. I should have just kept it short, maybe five minutes, but because I was enjoying it, interacting and getting laughs, I carried on and on and made it a bit awkward. What was the point I was getting at? Yes. Um, I'm seeing is bloody hard. And I think it's underrated. There's a lot of things you've got to do beforehand to get, get it in the right place. And it's so important to making your show good. Um, I learned from what happened and that's what I did. The show is pretty good. But one of the things that I've been doing recently, and I think maybe a lot of promoters have this, if you're running a show, or if you're a comedian, you probably get annoyed by this, is no being able to take comics off early if they are doing bloody not good at well enough. Um, that's something one act last this week didn't do too well, and I won't say who. Um, but yeah, that's one thing I'm not done. Bloody annoying. So <laughs> I think some you got used to. So probably one of the most annoying things is to come from because you've made a mistake and you've. Anyway, um, one little secret to between you and me and whoever's listening, what I do now when I'm booking acts for longer spots or paid spots, is. I will just message them. I will not post in any comedy forums. Or I will make sure it's all ask around. No, in the forums and then give me a clip and then maybe getting on and this and that. No. You need proof. You need that's what I'll do. <laughs> sure taking big risks. Dying for five minutes, nothing. Ten minutes? Bloody hell. Oh, it's a ghost train. No, so I avoids me annoying comics. But by refusing the spots they want. So I don't put myself in that position. So if you're a promoter and as I do do that. And for anyone that's listening who's a comic and getting a spot, I apologize, but you, you gotta do what you gotta do. Otherwise the show's shit. Um What do I want to talk about as well? Yes, um, what's been going on recently has been fun, yeah, yes, and also, yes, act, and one thing that's annoying, the one thing I think all I should do is comics, what's going on, if you're not doing well for a certain amount of time, there ain't no fucking Da Vinci Code or Eureka. How about make the jobs for if you the host and the other comedians easier? If they ain't your crowd, get off. Don't push. Oh, they're gonna f suddenly laugh at a funny line. Fuck off. No, there's no such thing as magic. And what's this bloody other thing? Yeah. Um. Bloody be aware of the room. So like. Oh, my. Right, it's a bit too difficult. Oh, this joke's this the joke's not working. Right, I know what I'm doing. Keep doing 
What's not working? There's no adjustment. You don't do any crowd work. And I don't see what this process of some some comics I see. They go on a big notepad. Why are you letting them know that it's new material? Don't hide it. Just say, oh, it's a bad, this didn't work. What's the point? Of, and what's with? Oh, you've got new material to try and you're just going to deliver what's written on the script and you're not going to work with what's there. If you have new material, it's not going to work if the people don't like you or trust you on the stage or find you funny. It's not going to work or save. If you want to give it, a, you know, if your jokes aren't working at the start or whatever, and you want to do new stuff, first win them on side. That's, you can't, what's, what are you playing at? Some, oh. That is common sense if you're performing. I am no Michael McIntyre, but I can see certain things that make bloody sense. Now um, meandering. What do I want to talk about that's interesting? That's going to be... Christy. Ah, yes. Are you guys ready for this? Ah, tomorrow. It'll be next week by the time the episode goes out. I'm going to be interviewing the fantastic, the sizzling Wind Curtis. Oh, it's going to be good. I'm interested to talk about comedy works and see how that works so that's what's happening and that I think I'm just rambling on my thoughts my little takeaways that's what's going to be happening next week I will speak oh yes another thing what do I want to say? That... Nope, that's it. I will see you guys at the next episode. Hope you've enjoyed this 20-minute podcast interview with this audio recording. If it's shit, don't leave a review, don't leave a comment. Just message me personally and let me know. If you loved it, share it, spread it like a virus, give it some love. Five star view, comments, whatever. Give it all the love you want. And also, you can give me £50 if you want. My PayPal is also there. Um, that's it. But I'll see you next week.